Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome back, friend. And just like that, it's November again. Man, time goes by so fast. I say we just leave out the decorations till next year. And you know what? Leave your costumes on too. When Halloween rolls around again, you'll be a step ahead. No, forget pumpkin picking, Chester. I'm done with it all. Just pick a holiday and stick with it. That's what I say. Efficiency is the name of the game. Come on in, Trent. Excuse me. Hmm. It was then. He knew. He had fucked up. <laughs> Y'all don't mind me. I'm in a stupid mood tonight. So anyway, tonight we've got one from good old P.D. Williams, who's becoming quite the man about town. North Carolina's answer to P.D. Eastman, a.k.a. Dr. Seuss. To date, he's had fewer books banned than Seuss, but hey, there's still time. So smoke them if you've got them and drink those glasses to the bottom. Because your old buddy Drew Blood has a tale to tell, and it's a damn good one. My first, the rigmarole. Get busy living, get busy dying, son. Uh, you're listening to the standard edition of this program. If you'd like to show your support and enjoy ad-free versions of this and all our other episodes, visit simplyscarypodcast.com and click Patrons in the upper menu. Sign up today. You'll get instant access to the whole enchilada including hundreds of tales from our audio archives dating all the way back to 2012. Thank you for your support. Got a story or two you'd like to hear on the show? Send it to drewbloodhorror at gmail.com. If selected, we'll do business. So tonight, we're furniture shopping with our protagonist, Craig. I'm no interior decorator, but I think he's going for a kind of trailer chic. So without further delay, I give you... From author P.D. Williams, Craig's Chair. The night shrouds the upstairs bedroom in darkness and shadows. Growling thunder rolls through the nighttime sky, punctuated by flashes of summer lightning. He's using his full body weight to hold her down on the bed. The pillow he's pressing to her face muffles her screams. She fights for her life, but he is relentless. After what seems like an eternity of horror, 
her body goes limp. The pillow lands on the floor. He didn't want to do this, murder his wife. But he had no choice. Its will was too great. He'll do anything to please it. He hears a sound. A melody, perhaps. As though he's floating through a dream, he follows the sweet siren's call downstairs to his office, where it waits with open arms. It was early April in the small southern town of Claxton, Georgia. The upscale neighborhood of Collingwood brimmed with vibrant flowers and small white cherry blossoms that danced through the air like springtime snow. Old oak trees lined both sides of the narrow streets, their outstretched arms providing a lush canopy that shielded the residents from the sunlight like gentle green hands. It was time for the annual citywide pickup of bulky items. Furniture, exercise equipment, and other large items covered the curbs and sidewalks. They were ripe pickings for poor people with trucks and vans. People like Craig. Craig scoured the neighborhood looking for scrap metal. Copper items were the best, and anything else that he might use or sell before the city hauled it away. Yeah, baby, he thought to himself. There's money to be made and beer to be bought. Then he saw it. An attractive brown leather chair that someone had placed near the curb with a few other odds and ends. Craig parked his four-wheel rust bucket in front of the beautiful whitewashed brick house with the for sale sign and got out. Take. That's what someone had written on the small sign taped to the chair's headrest. It astounded Craig that anyone would toss out such an amazing piece of furniture. Are they serious? He wondered. Then he took notice of the vacant house. Although the artful exterior was stylish and attractive, its unkempt yard with its tall grass and overgrown hedges made it appear neglected, abandoned, and unloved. On the small stone porch, yellow police tape crisscrossed the front door. The hell happened here, thought Craig. He then went about inspecting the chair that someone had abandoned like a baby at a fire station. Save for a few worn spots on the armrests, it was in good condition. The thick hand-stitched leather looked expensive, but Craig didn't much care for leather. It accentuated the loud detonations of butt bombs. He was partial to cloth upholstery, as it absorbed more of the blast. But there was something about this chair, something he felt he needed. Craig wanted to take it on the test spin before putting it in the F-150. However, the thought of being seen sitting in it embarrassed him. He was poor but proud. He looked up and down the street for potential witnesses. Not seeing any, he lowered himself onto the seat. <sighs> Craig sighed as the chair relaxed him to the point of sinfulness. He closed his eyes and let the world go crazy without him. The sensation had a transcendental effect on him. He felt weightless and calm. He smiled with satisfaction as he thought. I wouldn't get up out of this sweet seat if Sophia Vergara came over, dropped her top, and begged me to motorboat her. Craig heard a garage door open in a few houses down and thought, Crap, let's get out of here. I'll look cheap and desperate. 
He felt a twinge of resentment when he recalled that cheap and desperate were the words used by his first wife to describe how he had looked on the night she met him. After pulling himself up from the chair, he lifted it and hauled it to the truck, its lightness surprising them. He placed a leather prize in the truck bed and strapped it down with some of the bungee cords he kept in the cab. Grateful for his good fortune, Craig fired up his chariot of rust and headed for his double-wide castle on the hill. Craig couldn't afford to park the double-wide in the trailer park, so he was thankful for the small plot of land his uncle Bradley had lent him. Without his generosity, Craig and Lorna, his second wife, would still live in the rent-by-the-hour room at Motel 666. Lord Craig, moaned Lorna, what have you drug home now? Found it sitting out front in one of them big houses in Collinwood. It'll give us something better to sit on than that beat-up sofa and them two riggedy lawn chairs. Maybe if you hadn't let Belinda take everything in the divorce, we wouldn't have to live in this dump. Hell, you're paying child support for five youngins, and one of them ain't even yours. Which one? I'm guessing the Asian one, Craig. You got any more insightful questions? Craig let the hurtful remarks go. The reason he was in this mess had less to do with his ex-wife's vindictiveness than it did with his prolific marital infidelity. Lorna had a way of forgetting that. It is what it is, Lorna. Now, how's about holding the storm door open? Craig unhooked the bungee cords from the chair and lifted it out. Need some help? Lorna asked half-heartedly. Nah, it's lighter than it looks. Craig bear-hugged the chair and toted it over the threshold of the trailer, as if it were a spring bride. Then he put it down and surveyed the small living area. <sighs> Where you want it? Lorna snatched up the two lawn chairs under the living room window and tossed them toward the wall. Here's as good a place as any. Craig did as instructed and placed the chair where Lorna had chosen. Here, try it out. You won't believe how comfy it is. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Lorna dropped into the chair, prepared to be impressed. Instead, her smile evaporated and her eyes broadened. She catapulted herself out of the chair as though it had bitten her. Oh my God, this thing's freezing. Just look at my nips. It looks like I'm snuggling a pair of thimbles. What the hell are you talking about, woman? Craig took her place, preparing to have his butt cheeks turned into a couple of frozen fish sticks. It pleased him that the chair was still soft and agreeable. The different experiences confounded him. I don't understand your problem. This puppy feels like a hug from heaven. 
Lorna pursed her lips in annoyance. Get up. Let me try it again. Craig stood and let her have another go at his posh leather trophy. The instant Lorna's butt connected with the seat cushion, she sprang from it as if she'd mistaken a bear trap for a toilet seat. She glared at Craig. Can you not feel that? You mean to tell me this thing didn't turn your pecker into a popsicle? Craig was more than confused. It made him think back to a recent New Year's Eve party. He'd gotten so drunk that he wandered off down the street pissing his pants and staggering around like Hunter Biden on his birthday. He touched the seat of the chair, still toasty. I don't get it, Lorna. It feels fine to me. Are you getting your um, period? Could be a woman thing. Lorna gave him the look to remind him she didn't get periods. She got exclamation points. Period schmeriod, she barked. This is officially your chair. I hope your ass and that cushion have a happy life together. Then she stormed off, grabbed the keys to her orange 2002 Ford Fiesta, made in America by God, and headed out the door. Craig followed her outside as if he had tethered himself to a train. Lorna, where are you going? To get some damn groceries? You almost drank all the PBR, and don't tell me you ain't been smoking my cigarettes. Shame coursed through Craig's real thin body. He'd been sought, caught, and convicted. In the tense moment, he hated asking for anything, especially something embarrassing. Could you, uh, pick up some Preparation H? My butt's got company over, and they're getting kind of rowdy. I'd like to be comfortable in my new chair. Lorna threw her head back with a grunt. Yeah, I'll get it. Anything else, your assholiness? Craig also wanted some Pop-Tarts, but he wasn't about to put his pecker on that power line again. Nah, it's all good. Lorna jumped in the pumpkin car, turning the engine over on the fifth try. Then she roared away, slinging gravel and dust in her wake, while the fan belt squealed like a hog in a wood chipper. After watching her leave, Craig ambled back inside, wondering to himself, If they call it Preparation H, how badly must Preparations A through G have burned? Craig searched the kitchen for something to eat. It was now well into the early afternoon hours, and he hadn't had nothing since the stale Captain Crush cereal he had eaten for breakfast. He hated the generic food that Lorna always got on the cheap at Costco. The brands had names that skirted the edges of copyright infringement. Dr. Popper Soda, Aunt Geronimo's Syrup, Chef Homeboy E Spaghetti. He settled on one of the freeze-dried turkey sandwiches that his Aunt Pauline had given him back in January. Stupid woman had gotten one of those freeze-drying machines for Christmas. Now she freeze-dried everything, including one of her cats, who died from choking on a dead mouse. Craig still cringed at the memory of how the poor creature had looked after Pauline caved in its body using the Heimlich maneuver. More like the Heineken maneuver, considering how drunk she was, he thought. After nuking the sandwich, he grabbed a can of Mountain Drew from the fridge and sat down at the wobbly table decorated with cigarette burns and water rings. The sandwich was tolerable, the drink cold and delicious. The satisfying meal, along with the trailer's warmth, lulled him into a state of heavy drowsiness. Craig likened it to whenever he took three fingers of NyQuil, or, as he thought of it, the poor man's crack. He rose from the table and set upon the arduous five-yard journey to the living room. 
Craig usually took his power naps in the bedroom, but today he wanted to break in the new used chair. Oh, sweet mama, he moaned as he nestled into the bosom of his dark leather lover. Then he closed his eyes and allowed the gentle pull of slumber to spirit him away. The music wakes him. He can't quite place the booming rock song. That's the new one from Loverboy. A voice breaks in as the, the tune is ending. He gets up and switches off the stereo receiver. The room is hazy, and he feels as though he's walking through thick, swampy water. He doesn't recognize the house. It's bigger than the trailer, more opulent. The decor looks dated, late 70s, early 80s. He enters the kitchen. It looks high-end with stainless steel appliances, mahogany cabinets, and a granite-topped island at the center. He wanders around, looking for something. For what, he doesn't know. He walks to the cabinet and opens the second drawer from the top. It's full of kitchen utensils, spatulas, wooden mixing spoons, clips for chip bags. After moving the contents around, he finds what he's searching for. He pulls the corkscrew from the drawer and walks to the bay window over the porcelain farmhouse sink. He turns the corkscrew in the sunlight, cascading through the window. It glitters in its golden rays. Honey, what are you doing? A woman asks. He turns to her and smiles. John, are you okay? He continues to smile as he goes to her and rams the corkscrew into her eye, twisting it until he feels it enter her brain. She drops to the floor in a lifeless heap as he continues smiling. Something unseen is pulling him, calling him. A gentle sound echoes from the wood-paneled den. There are no words, just a melody, and it's intoxicating. He must go to it. He cannot wait to fall back into its soft arms. Arms of comfort, of dark dreams. He closes his eyes and... Holy moly, rock and rolly! Craig hollered. He fell out of the chair and landed face first on the cheap carpet and littered with corndog sticks and toenail clippings. Peeling a stick off the side of his face, he muttered. What the hell just happened? He jumped to his feet and willed his heart to be calm as adrenaline surged through his body like jet fuel. He held his hands to his face and saw that they were pale and shaken. He was relieved to see that no blood and goo were on them. He spun around looking at his surroundings. He was happy to see the stack of dirty plates and bowls in the sink, along with the empty beer cans and eggshells on the kitchen counter. They never looked so good. Craig plodded to the bathroom on wobbly legs and opened the closet door. Then he lifted the stack of towels in the left-hand corner of the upper shelf, grabbed the box of Marlboro lights he had pilfered from Lorna's secret stash, and shook out a cigarette. He pulled his Harley-Davidson lighter from his pocket, lit the cig, and took a long drag. 
He blew the smoke through his nostrils and sighed. Sweet child of mine. Talk about a nightmare from hell. Craig looked at the official NASCAR wall clock featuring Chase Elliott and saw that he'd been out for almost an hour. Where's Lorna with the groceries? He wondered. He fished his cell phone from his back pocket and called her. When she picked up, he said, Where you at, woman? You been gone forever. I had to run by work. Jade called from the hair salon, said Vonda showed up drunk again. She got woozy while she was cutting some gal's hair and puked all over her head. They needed help cleaning up the mess before the cops came and the lawyers called. Lorna was a hairstylist, code for a barber with boobs. The snappy snip was in the small, sketchy strip mall next to a business that sold discount cigarettes. Lorna preferred the name brands. Since they cost more, she figured they were better for you. And with all the dumb crap going on at the shop daily, she needed them to keep herself calm and sane. So when do you think you'll get home? Asked Craig. It shouldn't be too much longer. Why? I need to take some stuff to the recycling center. I just didn't want to miss you. Can you get back by four? No problem, Mo. Actually, I'll probably beat you there. See you later, then. Craig put the phone away and set about loading the scrap metal under the carport into his truck bed. Then he headed out, his Kenny Chesney CD blaring as he went. A couple of hours later, Craig was heading back from the metal recycling center. He'd gotten $12 for the beat-up barbecue grill and seven bags of soda cans. Every bit helps, he thought. It still bothered him that Lorna was the breadwinner in the marriage, but she was, after all, the brains of the outfit, no question there. It was just something he knew he'd have to make peace with. When Craig got home, he stripped down to his drawers, grabbed a freeze-dried pickle, and plopped into the chair. He shivered when he recalled the nightmare from earlier. Second time's a charm, he hoped. He turned on the TV and found a show that didn't feature post-prison love affairs, rich social media influencers, or Mama June's big sweaty ass. Craig loved everything about the show Deadliest Catch but the theme song, Wanted Dead or Alive by Bon Jovi. He had no respect for cutesy male bands that used more hair care products than his wife. Discovery Channel was running a marathon on the fishing show. However, not only could Craig not run a marathon, he couldn't stay awake for one on TV either. Before you could say Alaskan King Crab, he was floating on a tranquil river of dreams. He's awakened by the TV. The news is on. There are images of people running through clouds of dust, crumbling buildings, and New York City's first responders. The voice on the news is describing a horrible jet crash. Two, in fact. It's dark outside. He looks at his watch and sees that it's after midnight. His wife and kids are asleep by now. He rises from his chair. He doesn't recognize the room. He feels compelled to go to the garage. He's not sure why but he knows it's important. Now he's standing in the dark garage. His fingertips brush over the wall and soon he finds a light switch and flips it on. An overhead light bulb blankets the space in a dull yellow glow. 
Like a nail to a magnet, he's pulled to his workbench. He's not yet sure what he's looking for. He waves his hand over the many tools affixed to a swath of pegboard. His hand stops at a ball-peen hammer, like a divining rod when it locates water. Lifting it from its hook, he grips it hard and re-enters the house. The narrow hallway has doors on either side. The one where his children are sleeping is where he enters. They don't stir, despite the door creaking. He's standing over the older boy, watching him, hating him. He doesn't know why. He wonders if it's love causing him to hesitate. The child wakes up. Daddy, you scared me. Is everything okay? You look angry. Did I do something wrong? If he doesn't do it now, he never will. He lifts the hammer high. Then... Craig, get your tail up and help me with these groceries. Craig jolted awake, hyperventilating and terrified. It took him a while to realize he was in his own home again. For once, it was nice to hear the Sarge yelling at him. Lorna looked at him, her gaze filled with curiosity more than concern. You all right? You look like you're on something. Craig struggled to speak. He felt as though he had been stuck underwater but had surfaced. When he caught his breath, he said, I think so. I ain't sure. God, that was an awful nightmare. Tell you what. Help me with the groceries, and you can tell me all about your nightmare. Greg shook some alertness back into his head like a dog shaking water off its coat. Yeah, let's do that. Let's grab the groceries. Then the unexpected happened. Craig did something that Lorna wanted him to do without complaining. Craig helped Lorna unload and store the groceries. As he was placing the beer in the refrigerator, Lorna said, Why don't you keep a couple of them out? Let's hear about that bad dream you had. Was it the one where you realized it was time to get an actual job? That ain't funny, Lorna. That's twice the day I've had a bad dream about killing somebody. Killing somebody? Killing who? Better not be me, or else you're gonna wake up on fire. Did I say it was you? Craig paused before sharing his story. He wanted to tell it plainly, accurately. In the dream, I wake up in that chair, but in somebody else's body. I get up and notice I'm in somebody else's house, too. Everything's taking place in the past. I can't explain why, but I feel drawn to certain rooms and things in them. Like what? The first time, I murdered somebody with a corkscrew. A woman, I think. The next one... <laughs> Craig's emotions welled up inside of him, threatening to spill out, something he never wanted Lorna to see. Lord, help me. I think I might have killed a child. A part of Lorna wanted to laugh at Craig. Another one made her afraid for him, of him. Baby, they're just dreams. I'm pretty sure you ain't been going out and murdering people. But they seem so real. I could hear the sounds of the place, smell it touch it. You don't think it's got anything to do with that chair, do you? Lorna was skeptical. How could it be the chair? 
It's just an old piece of furniture. Where'd you say you found it? Wasn't it sitting in front of one of them nice houses in Collinwood? Yeah. It was just sitting there like it was waiting. Waiting for what? Maybe for someone to take it home. I know that sounds weird, but there's something off about that dang chair. What do you mean? Remember how cold it was when you sat in it? It was as if it didn't want you there. But for some reason, it welcomed me. Craig followed Lorna's eyes to the chair. Have you touched it again? She asked. Not since I got up to help you with the groceries. Should we test it? Lorna nodded. Go on, try it. Craig put his beard down and walked toward the chair. He moved like a condemned man heading to the gallows. He cautiously lowered his hand to the armrest as if he were checking a stove burner for heat. It's still warm. Come on over and feel it. Lorna joined Craig. She touched the cushion and exhaled sharply, the cold alarming her. Whoa, I think he might inadvertently be right. This thing ain't normal. Should we get rid of it? I can dump it on the side of the road somewhere. Does Whoopi Goldberg have teeth like a horse? Hell yeah! Alrighty then. You open the door and I'll tote it to the truck. Craig bent over and put his arms around the chair. Suddenly, he stood up and yelped. The chair was freezing. He waved his arms, trying to shake off its icy sting. What happened? Asked Lorna. Things colder than a polar bear's balls. Lorna gave things a quick think. You don't suppose it's starting to hate you too, do you? More reason to get rid of it. A 20-watt light bulb snapped on in Craig's head. But go fetch me a blanket. It was Lorna's turn to follow orders, something she didn't mind doing right now. She went to the hall closet, retrieved a thick blanket, then returned to the living room. She tossed it to Craig, who wrapped it around the front of the chair. You need help to lift it? No, I remember it was pretty light. Just hold the door open and stand back. As Lorna went to take care of the storm door, Craig squatted and wrapped his arms around the chair. Okay, let's try her again. This time, his hand slipped off. The chair had become heavy. On the next attempt, he tightened his grip. Then he pushed his leg muscles to their limit, grunting from the effort. The chair remained adhered to the carpet, like a boulder resting in cement. How come you can't lift it? Lorna asked. It's like pulling on the leash of a dog that won't come. I ain't sure, but I think we pissed it off. Let's see if we can raise it together. I'll drape the blanket over it, and then we'll get on each side and lift. Lorna locked a pneumatic bar on the door to keep it open and joined Craig. Although she dreaded touching the chair again, she resolved to help him remove it. They knelt, preparing themselves for the heavy task. I'm ready when you are. Okay, when I say go, we'll pick it up and carry it outside to the truck. Ready? Go! <laughs> They gritted their teeth as they strained to rise. Sweat trickled down their overburdened bodies in salty rivulets. After great exertion, they raised the chair and carried it out of the trailer, fighting the weighty beast toward the truck. Once it was loaded, Craig, panting and exhausted, wiped his sweat forehead with his shirt sleeve. <laughs> Praise the Lord and pass the nachos. Looks like we did it, sugar tits. Lorna gave him the look again. What'd I tell you about calling me that? 
If I wasn't so damn wore out, I'd open up an extra-large, hard-spicy, chunky-style jar of whoop-ass on your skinny hide. <laughs> Sorry, booger bits, joked Craig. Whew. What say we go drop this big brown turd in the mud? Lorna slapped her hands together. Sounds like a game plan, coach. Put me in. They drove until they hit Old Richmond Road, a two-lane relic a few miles down from the trailer. Craig pulled over to a soft shoulder and put on the parking brake, leaving the engine running. Let's get her done, Craig said. Lorna, now back to her perpetual state of crankiness, replied, How very original. You should sell that line to a comedian. Craig shook off the insult as he had many other times. Hop in the back and we'll slide this sucker out. They crawled into the truck bed and pushed for everything they were worth. The chair felt like it was fighting them every step, but Craig and Lorna's will proved greater. After one final shove, the evil object toppled off the tailgate and landed in the dirt. While Craig struggled with the busted latch on the tailgate, Lorna sprinted to the truck cab like Honey Boo Boo chasing down an ice cream truck. Soon Craig joined her and they took off like a scalded dog. whooped Craig. I feel better already. Why don't we have ourselves a little celebration? Amen to that. When we get back, I propose we take us a big old snort of some fire water. I heard that. Hello, Nyquil. Except for the time he'd threatened to kill himself, Craig had never seen Lorna happier. A few hours after forgetting that Nyquil is a medication and not a beverage, Craig and Lorna fell into bed. Although stoned from the great green syrup, Craig was struggling to fall asleep. Lorna, on the other hand, was dead to the world, her CPAP humming quietly on the nightstand. At least her face mask will keep one of her ends from snoring, Craig thought. He watched the ceiling fan rotate, using his mind to see if he could make it look like it was moving in the opposite direction. As midnight morphed into the early morning, the woof-woof of the ceiling fan, coupled with his nervous exhaustion, lulled Craig to sleep. A soft hum coming from the living room awakens Craig. He gets out of bed, trying not to disturb Lorna. He feels uneasy, but his mind compels him to investigate. As he walks down the short hallway... The sound becomes a melody that both haunts and allures him. He cannot turn away from it. Craig enters the living room and sees the chair resting under the window as if it had never left. He should tremble with terror. Instead, a warm wave of serenity washes over him. The awful object that had earlier repelled him was welcoming him again. All he wants, all he desires, is sitting before him. He has only to go out to the tool shed and find the hacksaw and the large screwdriver. Donald was heading back to the cabin after inspecting the construction site. His retirement from the firm was just a few happy steps away. He was ecstatic when he and Kathy had pulled the trigger on the place near the lake. He could already feel the sun on his back, 
the rod in his hands and the fish on the hook. The ding of the dash-mounted cell phone interrupted his reverie. He glanced at the screen and saw that it was Terry, the project supervisor, calling him. He punched a hands-free button and answered. Hey, Terry, let me guess. Carnahan's not on board with the plan? Wow, you must be psychic. Listen, he wants to sit down with us and- Terry, let me call you back. Donald ended the call, then slowed down to get a better look at the brown leather chair on the side of the road. With some uneasiness, he recalled that a gruesome murder-suicide had taken place not too far from here. He parked his truck, then got out and approached the discarded item. This thing's in pretty damn good shape, he said. Welcome to the new man cave. The lightness of the chair surprised him as he lifted it and carried it to the rear of his truck. This ought to be easy enough, he said, as he set down the chair. He was about to drop the tailgate when he noticed something flapping on the plush headrest. Say, what's this? It was a small, damp piece of paper. On it, someone had written, Take. And that was Craig's Chair by author P.D. Williams. A good reminder to buy your furniture new if you can help it. Sure, it's expensive, but you never hear stories like these out of Raymer and Flanagan's. A little about the author. P.D. Williams is an author, composer, and multi-instrumentalist who enjoys writing about himself in third person. He's appeared in numerous syndicated podcasts, horror anthologies, and DUI courtrooms. In addition to being an aficionado of classic literature, P.D. is a fan of iconic musical artists such as the legendary Stevie Wonder. The hell? However, he'd like to point out that no matter how gifted Mr. Wonder is, he can still kick his butt at ping pong, darts, and drag racing. Oh, I see. Uh, moving on. His upcoming horror anthology, Dark House, Many Rooms, will be released in winter 2023. His latest comedic book, What's With That Boy, an unauthorized autobiography, will be published in time for the holidays. Both titles will be available as ebooks at Barnes & Noble's, Rakuten Kobo, I guess, Smashwords, and wherever ebooks are sold, purchased, or shoplifted. For more info on P.D. Williams, as well as free stories, be sure to visit his website at pdwilliamsauthor.com. Thanks as always, P.D., and while you're at it, please remember to stop by our Apple Podcast page or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts and subscribe. The charts are based on subscriptions, not listens, by the way. So feel free to accidentally subscribe as many times as you want. I won't tell anyone, I promise. And if you feel like spreading the word and helping old Drew Blood out and convincing a friend or two to subscribe to my podcast, that would help me out greatly, and I'd really appreciate it. To hear a premium ad-free edition of tonight's and all our other podcast episodes, visit simplyscarypodcast.com today and click the patrons link in the upper menu. You'll find yourself at chillintalesfordarknights.com, 
where you can become a patron for as little as $5 a month and get access to our entire audio archive dating back to 2012, including past episodes of this program and all our other shows, and hundreds of standalone releases, all of them ad-free and available to download or stream. If you happen to use Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube, you can follow and subscribe to Chillin' Tales for Dark Nights there where you'll get all our latest updates and new releases and have the chance to interact with us each and every week. You'll find me personally on Facebook and Instagram and sometimes Twitter. Sometimes. And remember, we're accepting submissions. If you've got a story or two you'd like to be featured on this show, send it to drewbloodhorror at gmail.com. If selected, you'll get the full treatment. Well, I'm afraid this is where we part ways, at least till next week. So grab a drink for the road, friend, and help yourself to the raisinets in that bowl over there. Even Chester won't touch that shit. Disgusting. I'd like to take the time to say hello to a new fan of the show. So, Thomas Deschler, how's it going, bud? Mr. Deschler is a down-to-earth country boy who loves his God, his woman, and his family. Sounds like he's got it going on. So, without further delay, Mr. Thomas Deschler, may the wind be at your back, and may the road rise up to meet you. Big news next week, y'all. Hopefully. So everybody, and Mr. Thomas Deschler, go fuck yourselves. (laughs) Good night, y'all. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.